3: Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
4: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
5: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
4: Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicke and as always I'm here with
0: Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart.
5: Hello Dave, hello Matt.
0: Hey Jess, I'm uh, Matt Stewart. Uh, that is Dave Warnick over there. And Jess, you are Jess Perkins. That's right. Welcome to the show. Welcome to my show, Do Go On.
4: <laughs> great
0: to hey, be part of
5: it. And can I just also say to you, Matt, welcome to my show, oh, Do Go On.
0: Thanks so much for having me on your show, Do Go On.
5: Mm.
4: Uh, thanks for having me too, Jess.
5: And Dave, thank you for having us on your show, Do Go On. Oh,
4: great.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us here, Dave, so Dave Do Go On.
5: the thing is that Do Go On kind of belongs to all the people.
0: Mm-hmm. All three of us. All three of us. Yeah, the people. If, the, the, people the people in this room. <laughs> We're the people. Do go on. Hey, Dave, I'm already hearing new listeners going, what is this all about? Yeah. Can you explain the show for us?
4: Well, I'd love to explain the show for you, but I've had about 250 goes at it and I've never got it right. <laughs> so a few weeks ago I put the call out on the show to be like, hey, if there's any um, users out there that would love to make a 60s-style song that explains how the show works, like a sitcom-style song. We've had a bunch of entries and uh, this one has come from a dear, dear friend of mine, Ooh. who you might know as Tom Mitchell, former lead singer <gasps> of Weedhorns. Oh
5: my God. Wait, not
4: Braille Face. No. No, no, that's Jordan White from my other band, <laughs> Playwright. This is even further back than that, wow. uh, one of my uh, closest friends in the entire world. And he's a big uh, fan of the show. So thank you so much for uh, sending in this song, Tom Mitchell, that explains the show. <laughs>
2: To do go on, we hope you listen alone. Not just a day, but do we a as the others banter along. Thomas is suggested by a listener. They begin with a question: that, This is Scar! <laughs> <laughs> now
5: I get it!
4: Now you get it. So Tom's also <laughs> explained the show, but also explained what Scar is. <laughs> So thank you so much, Tom. Tom, that is great. That is so, so good. <laughs> Very much appreciate it. He <laughs> sent that to me, emailed and said, should I send this
0: to the Dugal One email? And I said, I'll keep it a surprise.
5: <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that absolute
4: gift.
0: It was weird that he, he did confuse... Uh, scar for scat, though. I think that was third generation scat.
4: Ah, oh, yes. Third wave of scatting.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh, well, well still, we don't know what s- scar really, really is. Yeah. Neither does Tom. We'll never know. <laughs> so, thank you for that. So, the show is, yeah, we take this as a report on a topic. It is my turn, and this is the last report for the year.
5: Far out. And oh, tell you, you what, this year can go far. Yeah.
4: 2020 can fuck
0: <laughs> off. Oh, that was pretty good.
5: You had a good time in 2020?
0: Wait, 2020? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, good Lord. Gracious, no. no. <laughs>
5: How exciting, Dave. I hope you um, hope you really go out with a bang. If this is a mediocre <laughs> well... report, I'm going to be very disappointed <laughs> in up,
4: you. Go out with a bang, we shall. Oh, oh no, there's some sort of explosion. Uh, okay, my question is, uh, <laughs> what topic in the hat uh, sounds like a genre of metal but really is the name of a nuclear mishap? Oh, well, I don't okay. think You're not going to get it, but... It, it,
0: what, uh, like an actual genre of metal? Oh, it sounds like one. It's something core. Cool. Oh, um, metal core?
4: Yeah, it's... it's it's very sinister, very devil-like. Uh oh, grumblecore. <laughs> Dumbledore.
5: Is it Dumbledore?
4: It's Dumbledore. Ah, I knew it. The nuclear mishap Dumbledore. <laughs> uh, this topic, it jumped out at me because it's called
0: the Demon Core. Oh.
4: oh yeah. That does
0: sound like a metal
4: does, not it? Demon sub-genre. Core. Uh, suggested by two people, a uh, thank you to Stephen Dumbold and
0: Blake Wilde. Stephen Dumbledore? <laughs> yeah.
5: It also kind of sounds like it could be a genre of porn.
0: Ah. Demon core. Yeah.
4: Wow, you are into some <laughs> weird shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. no, that's fine. Hey, that is actually fine. Uh, okay, so have you guys heard
0: anything about the Demon Core? I know about Goblin Core music, but I haven't. No, I haven't heard of Demon Core.
5: I have uh, heard of it uh, fairly recently when my friend Dave mentioned it on a podcast. Really, we do he sounds hot. <laughs> no, but he's got a heart of gold. Really?
0: Lucky <laughs> like he's not hot.
4: Yeah, honestly.
5: I
0: mean, he'd be arrogant otherwise.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got to go back to 1939 to set up this one at the onset of World War II. Uh-oh. The sequel is always better. <laughs> uh, when advances in nuclear fission meant that many American scientists, many of whom had, had fled fascist regimes in Europe, uh, were worried that Adolf Hitler and Nazi Germany might attempt to create a massively destructive nuclear weapon. Okay. That was a big concern. Yeah. So the most famous scientists in the world... Albert Einstein, was persuaded to send a letter to then-US President Franklin D. Roosevelt alerting him to this danger. And when Albert comes a-knocking, you listen. Yeah. And as a result, an advisory committee on uranium was established. Uh, By 1940, it was known that Germany was indeed exploring the new technology, and so was Britain. So eventually when the United States entered the war in late 1941, a vast array of plants, laboratories, and manufacturing facilities were built across the country under the direction of Lieutenant General Leslie Groves. Manhattan Project became the code name used for the research with the ultimate goal being to develop and test a nuclear weapon before any other country. I've
5: heard of Manhattan
4: Project. Yeah, the Manhattan
5: Project. Yeah. First
0: they take Manhattan and then they take Berlin. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you can't if you can't take your own city, how are you going to take theirs?
5: Yeah, and Rome wasn't built in a day. Oh,
0: that's a good point. Hey, hey, hey! You
4: know what I mean? <laughs>
0: mm. Oh, went in that
1: place.
4: Mm. Uh, they spent billions of dollars on the Manhattan Project and employed one hundred and thirty thousand people, including some very very famous scientists. Uh, J. Robert Oppenheimer was the director of the Los Alamos Laboratory in northern New Mexico. And he's sort of seen as the father of all of this, Robert Oppenheimer. Also, working on the project was at least 20 Nobel Prize
0: laureates.
5: Marie Curie.
0: Yes, hanging around. Obviously, she's like,
5: anybody need any penicillin? I got some.
0: I got it. I created it. I got it. (laughs) Mainly, (laughs) they were uh, all winners of uh, Peace Awards. Yeah. (laughs) Peace and music. Literature. (laughs) Bring it in there. (laughs) i got Ernest
4: Hemingway. What do you reckon? Can I make this bomb? He's like, oh, um, I don't know. I don't know about that.
0: My heart's a bomb.
5: <laughs> For
4: you. <laughs> uh, there's a very famous scientist. If you're like a into science, you might know these people. Niles Bohr, Hans Beter, and if not, you'll enjoy the names anyway. Amazing. Ernest Lawrence, Enrico Fermi, Isidore Isaac Rabi, Felix Bloch, and my favourite, Glenn T. Seaborg. <laughs> oh, that's good. Who discovered 10 different elements, including plutonium?
5: Far out. He was
4: busy. Yeah.
0: And- <laughs> right? Have a break.
4: Hey, good. Hey, try Hawaii. Yeah.
5: It's
0: very nice. Get <laughs> your feet up, <are> mate.
4: <laughs> discovered 10, and none of them are the the element that are named after him. Do you know they named an element after him? Seaborgium is an element. Seaborgium.
0: It's a beautiful name. Sounds made up. Beautiful doesn't? name for a girl. <laughs>
4: It's not like
5: in the first 20, so I don't know it.
0: It's not in the first. Certainly not. So I don't know it either. (laughs) What's the first one? Hydrogen. Don't
4: know it. (laughs) (laughs) What's zero? Uh, I don't want to say too much about the project because I think it would be a very uh, good report in its own right. But long story short, they were successful.
5: Hooray! Is that a hooray? I well, don't know how it to feel. Well, it came
4: at a, a big cost <laughs> to humanity, oh, but they were successful. Boo! Boo! <laughs> Thanks for making us worried about the inevitable nuclear war that shall ensue one day.
1: Yay.
4: But on July sixteenth, uh, 1945, in a remote desert location in New Mexico, the first atomic bomb was successfully de- uh, detonated. Called the Trinity Test, it resulted in an enormous mushroom cloud, some forty thousand feet or twelve kilometres high.
5: Four. That's big.
4: <laughs> and with that, the atomic age was ushered in. That's
5: oh. that's quite large.
4: Yeah,
0: that's a big that's a big old bomb. Am I right yeah. in that? B-O-B. What I'm imagining,
5: yeah. like bigger than like a like three Normal. story building.
0: Yeah, bigger than like a portobello or
5: a. Uh, oh fuck! Really? Yeah, yeah. Bigger than a portobello. Yeah, the really? ones, yeah. yeah.
0: that's the like king of mushrooms. Yeah,
5: you can sometimes get a mushroom burger that's just. A portobello—they're yeah. the size of a burger.
0: Yeah. Well, this bomb was the size of two burgers.
5: What? What? A
0: double stack. A double stack.
5: No. Yeah. They
4: said it couldn't be done.
0: Oh well,
5: my god. They
0: had Tim th- on board.
4: They were worried that Adolf Hitler would be the first <laughs> to develop it.
0: Yeah. Well, they beat him to it, and a lot of people died from uh, cholesterol, yeah. cholesterol, <laughs> clogged arteries. Yeah. So. You wow. think?
4: Do you think it's healthy because it's vegetarian? But. Still a bit of grease in there. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, it was double the normal
4: amount of grease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, under the guidance of Oppenheimer, two distinct types of atomic bombs were developed at Los Alamos, New Mexico a uranium based design called the Little Boy
1: <laughs>
4: and a plut- <laughs> plutan-
0: plutonium weapon
4: called the Big Boy. Called the Fat
0: Man. Oh,
5: come on. The Little
0: Boy and the Fat Man. Did you guys grow up with. I think, I've heard Josh Earl call them these. Uh, little hot dogs are called little boys. Yeah,
4: cocktails. My dad sometimes called them little boys. Little yeah. cocktail frankfords.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I've, I never called them little boys. No.
4: Yeah, it's very upsetting yeah.
0: Yeah. when you no. think Gross. about it too much. Cocktail franks. Yeah, I think oh, that's what we call sounds them. Sounds delicious. Yeah. With that weird little rubbery skin. Oh. Mm. But then um, <laughs> also on Josh <laughs> Earl's
4: podcast, I'd heard something I'd never heard before, which is that um, his family would have pink soup which oh, is they yeah. drink the water that hot dogs have
5: been yeah. boiled in as an
0: entree. Yeah, pink soup. Um.
5: No, thank you.
0: Are you listening, Josh.
5: You're Yuck. gross. <laughs> he I
0: thought knows. I thought... He wasn't bragging about oh, it. no, he wasn't.
5: <laughs> I thought maybe it was like a Tasmanian thing. You know how it can change state to state, but you, your dad would say it. So yeah,
4: little, little boy sometimes. Gets rid of that theory. And I'd slap his face.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've heard, heard people call them chipolatas as well.
4: Oh, well, oh, that's more fun. Hmm.
0: That makes them sound exotic. Makes Look. them sound like chips, though. Yeah, I'm expecting potatoes. All oh,
4: right, oh, would you like a chipolata, please?
5: Yeah. Oh, oh, what
0: the fuck? Take those little boys away <laughs> yeah. from here.
5: Now I can't remember what we called them. I thought that maybe just Frankfurt's. Yeah, yeah,
0: Franks. I think those it was franks. mostly Frankfurt's. Yeah, little boys. Forty sure,
5: Franks,
4: called? maybe. Is that a thing? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe cocktail weenies.
5: Yeah, 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 yeah yep, yep.
0: I remember uh, at our school fete, at primary school, an uh, American guy was running the raffle and he'd say, hot dog, we have a wiener. <laughs> and I, at the time I thought it was so funny. That's the height of comedy.
5: <laughs> God, that's the dream, isn't it? To be a middle-aged dad absolutely crushing in a school fete yeah. <laughs> to seven-year-olds. That would be, oh, man.
4: Where does he come up with his material?
1: Oh, that
0: must be... Gosh, is a big book of jokes.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That must be one of the uh, few benefits I can imagine of having children is that at some point you're very funny to them. Mm. And then they realise it's just yeah. a chain email that you keep reading out, Dad. And
4: then you're incredibly <laughs> lame after that.
0: And then they start just sending you the emails. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're talking about bombs. Uh, the little boy and the fat man. The two bombs they developed. Some of that guy at the fate never did. Never bombed. Always, always (laughs) crushed.
5: It's the same joke over and over again. Little Matt Stewart in the front row just bent (laughs) over laughing. Say it again. Say winner again. Wiener
0: sounds like winner.
4: I get it, man. It's very good. Even back then you were enamoured with a pun. (laughs) That's a pun? Yes. (laughs) Sounds like winner. The key there was sounds like.
0: Right, right. Okay, two words that sound alike.
4: Yeah, very
0: funny word. And then though. adding hot dog at the start
5: because it's a that's like the same yeah. as wiener. That's the context, funny. hot yeah. dog. I don't know if we that's...
0: have a wiener, so it's yeah. sort of saying hot dog. We have a we have a hot dog. Huh, that is good. Yeah. <laughs> that is good. Holds good up. Yeah, actually holds up. All right. So little boy
4: and fat man, the two weapons. It was only a month after the first Trinity test that these two bombs were dropped on Japanese cities. Little boy was dropped on Hiroshima on. Uh, the 6th of August 1945, and Fat Man was detonated over the Japanese city of Nagasaki just three days later, causing an incredible amount of destruction. The two bombs killed between 129,000 and 226,000 people, most of whom were civilians. Mm.
0: And you cheered this just moments ago, Jess. Did I? Yeah. Oh,
4: Come no. on, Matt. You said hot dog, we have a weenie. <laughs> <night, so
0: laughs>
5: that's what I was that's really... Bit- hey, excited.
0: I was trying to lighten the mood.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, It is difficult to make any of that funny, but there were plans for a third bomb if Japan didn't surrender. But fortunately for them, they did six days after the bombing of Nagasaki and also the news of the Soviet Union had had declared war and then they weren't uh, happy about that either. And so a recording of Emperor Hirohito surrendering was broadcast to his countrymen. And that was the first time any Japanese emperor had ever been heard addressing the entire country. Isn't that amazing? That's, yeah, really fascinating. So they've been in charge for a long time and... uh. But uh, the everyman, you know, peasants and such had never really heard them speak before.
0: Oh, right, at all. I thought it just meant it all at the same time, but they just didn't hear their voice.
4: Yeah, I guess if you didn't, you know, if you weren't in the palace or close yeah, by, which most people weren't, you didn't get to hear them. Yeah, it's right. fair,
0: yeah. They didn't podcast or no. do it like radio. If you, if you miss it live, that's it. Really? There's no
4: catch up huh.
0: back then.
5: Wow. Different time. Huh? No, on, no, no on, on demand. No on demand.
0: No oh, on demand. I think, oh, they couldn't even stream. At all. No. So they were just streaming video of them without audio. Huh.
4: Strange. Yeah, you could watch them talk but never never
0: hear, hear them. them.
5: Right. Oh, it seems like a, It's yeah. quaint, isn't it? Yeah. Quaint. Very
0: I wouldn't quaint. go back
5: if I could. <laughs> no, I could. God, no. I mean, I'd listen and not watch. Yeah. But I would never watch
4: and not listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I refuse. Yeah. So they didn't need the third bomb. So back at the Los Alamos Laboratory in New Mexico... Codenamed Project Y. This news meant they could stand down on the third atomic bomb, specifically the plutonium core that would be the heart of the third bomb. This third core was nicknamed Rufus. <laughs> and was a 6.2 kilo or 13.7 pound sphere of refined plutonium and gallium. Basically, from the outside, it looks like a smooth grey metal ball, about the size of a softball. Whoa. It's Tiny. It's, quite, yeah,
5: it's small. Yeah. So that's Holy the thing shit. that goes
4: bang. Jeez.
5: <laughs> oh, Thank you, Dave.
4: <laughs> what? Now I know but what a but bomb what? is. But it's funny. Something so small could cause like
0: it could destroy an entire city. That's yeah. how powerful these things are. How? I, I I don't really understand how they why they had to invent a new one each time. Why didn't they just make multiple little boys?
4: Oh, so they had two different types: as little boy and fat man. And
0: and uh, why why make a third one then?
4: Oh, so the third one was actually similar to Fat Man, right? Yeah, so they've dropped both and found that the the plutonium one was actually more effective. So let's let's just make more of those.
0: Well, <laughs> were they having a good laugh with these names? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so How strange, it's
4: so dumb,
1: little boy. And Fat imagine
5: Man. being in the the meeting where they were like, "Oh, okay, so." Fat man, there a bit more effective than uh, than little boy. Killed heaps more people. Mm. Um, perfect. Yeah, great. Well, let's um, let's make more of that.
0: More of those little boys.
5: Killed lots and lots of civilians.
0: Yeah, I know it's real bad, isn't it?
5: Yeah. Um. I just, what the fuck are you thinking?
0: You reckon those atomic bombs are real bad? That's, killed... that's my take. Okay. Well. I'll think about it. So, was that so hot that you're burnt? you Feeling yeah. a radiation Sizzling. burn over there? Yes, absolutely. Um,
4: th- though, I mean, they had been firebombing Japanese cities for months, if not years, by this point, and often they would firebomb a city, and a hundred thousand people would it's die. So, fun. like, they're pretty used to making calls that kill a lot of people.
1: What? Ugh!
4: Real bad time for planet Earth. Uh, the third call, Rufus would have been used in an atomic bomb like Fat Man that had destroyed Nagasaki. And uh, it it could have been dropped in just another four days. They were ready to drop another one. And at the time, there were calls from the military to drop it on Tokyo. Can you imagine? Fortunately for humanity, that never happened. So Rufus stayed at the Los Alamos facility and was used for further post-war tests. And one of the team conducting tests on Rufus was Harry Dollyan, born in Connecticut in 1921... While still a graduate student in physics at Purdue University, Harry Dollion was recruited for the Manhattan Project, and he arrived at Los Alamos in November 1943. He helped to prepare the plutonium core that would eventually be used at the first Trinity test. So imagine that, he's like 21, 22, still a student, working with some of these uh, really giants of his field. And I just need to stop for a second and vaguely explain the theory as to how an atomic bomb is meant
0: to work.
5: Oh, I mean, for any listeners who don't know, uh, sure. Good point. Yeah, sure, I was wondering sure.
0: why you would waste the time doing it, but yeah, yeah that makes sense. For okay. people are, who knows who's listening?
5: Uh, yeah, children could be, could be listening could be, could be to right. This <laughs> is
0: for the kids. Break yeah. it down. Is explain it, it to them like they're six year olds. Yeah, it, it it so? maybe four year olds. Yeah, there could be four year olds listening. Okay.
5: So it bad.
4: Uh, I should add. This is the theory as I understand it. Uh, I am not a nuclear scientist. In fact, wait, what? This may shock you, but I'm not <laughs> a scientist. I'm not a scientist at all.
5: What, Dave? What the, what fuck? the fuck? What? What the, the fuck? fuck?
4: Sorry for this uh, bombshell.
5: Apologise for that. (laughs) Apologise.
4: And I I also have to say, the the people that worked on this are some of the smartest scientists that have ever lived. So uh, a lot of them also carried the guilt of creating these fucked up weapons. So you can't have it all. So.
5: You can't be a genius and make ethical decisions. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: difficult. Oh, Must be that's hard. Wow. Well.
5: That's why being a big old dummy works in my <laughs> exactly. favor. Exactly.
4: How many weapons have you created that could kill two hundred thousand people in a few minutes? Ah, uh,
5: these. <laughs> Talking about my fists. Mm. <laughs> nice.
4: <laughs> I could punch you to death. <laughs> you, oh, you could. I yeah. won't. You literally could. But I won't. Okay. Also. You'd probably push me up here with your legs.
5: Yeah, I could do that. And to and, death.
4: Well, up to the death. top of a hill and then down off the other a cliff. side. Yeah. Mm. There's a cliff.
5: I could push you off a cliff with my legs. Push don't, me into a steep,
0: steep ravine. Please, don't do it.
5: Okay.
4: Please just beat me to death with your fists. It's much <laughs> kinder. <laughs> uh, this is also hard to explain without any diagrams, but there's a bunch of videos on YouTube that explain this in greater detail from experts. So if you find this confusing and are interested at home, just look it up. <laughs> But the basic concept of an atomic or atom bomb, not surprisingly, it's all about atoms.
0: Right. That's
4: where the name comes from. An atom, of course, just a reminder, Jess, which I know you know, is the smallest unit of ordinary matter that forms a chemical element. Every solid, liquid, gas, and plasma is composed of atoms. They're building blocks of matter. Everything's atoms, baby. <laughs> and Inside the nucleus of atoms are different amounts of protons and neutrons, and that determines what sort of element they are.
1: Yeah, obviously.
4: Mm. Sorry, but what's important here is when you break apart the nucleus of an atom, a large amount of energy is released, and this is called fission. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: It's not just gone fission.
4: <clears throat> no, it ain't gone fission. Mm-hmm. Is that's that how you... a pun? <laughs> is that a pun? That's a pun.
0: Right. <laughs>
5: yes, I did one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gone on fission. Gone fission. I bet you real funny scientists have that as a bumper sticker.
5: Absolutely. The funny guy <laughs> in the lab. Yeah. yeah.
0: The guy who came up with Fat Man and <laughs> yeah. Little Boy. The but, picture you
4: know. of him with a fishing rod, on the end of the fishing rod is like a bomb?
5: Yeah. Gone fishing. Gone fishing. That's
4: good stuff. How's fission spelled? F-I-S-S-I-O-N. Yes. Fishing. So it turns out you can break an atom apart by firing a really tiny neutron at it. And for its size, a lot of energy is released. But if it only happens once, no big deal. You wouldn't really notice. But imagine if you could make it so when the atom split apart more of the neutrons that were inside it fired out and then they slammed into other atoms, which split them, which in turn sent more neutrons flying out, and this forms a chain reaction where it happens over and over Mm. and over again.
5: That's going to create a lot of energy.
4: Heaps and heaps of energy. Well done, Jess. (laughs) And in nuclear power, the idea is to control the fission so it doesn't get out of hand. You stay in control of the chain reaction. You only break apart as many atoms as you need to and create as as much energy as you need. Right. But in nuclear bombs, however, the idea is to get the atoms to keep smashing into each other to form an uncontrolled chain reaction that results in huge, huge, huge amounts of energy being released. And this is what makes atomic bombs so effective and so terrifying. The reaction just goes so out of control. That's why there's that blast wave that goes out and then the, the uh, mushroom, mushroom cloud fan. goes up.
0: Yeah, I want, Yeah, right. I, want, I wonder if the first one they were just crossing their fingers going, I hope we don't blow up Earth.
1: Mm, yeah. They
0: must yeah. Part of them must have been like, we might, we're pretty sure this won't blow up the whole planet, but. but-
4: well, like, Fermi, did you carry the one?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh God.
4: Uh, when it gets out of hand, that's called critical mass. Or whenever it's out of control really badly, that's called reaching super critical mass.
5: <laughs> super critical super mass. Super
4: critical mass. Which, if, yeah, I mean, if you want to make a bomb, that's okay. You know, you want supercritical mass. But in any other situation, you do you not want one. that. Yeah. No, no. Because it's also at this point that it unleashes a huge amount of radiation. And radiation is really bad for people that are nearby. Yeah.
0: Supercritical mass sounds like the time that I wore yellow chinos to church. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, at home, just take a second to imagine the regret face.
5: <laughs> but he always still goes for him, and that's what I love about him. Is that he hates himself every time, but it
4: doesn't stop him. He's gone for it. You went for it. You
5: had a swing. That great.
0: That often stops me.
4: <laughs> really? Yeah. God, imagine. These are
5: the ones that get through. <laughs> yeah. Imagine we
4: could pull down that barrier. <laughs>
5: Just yeah, Matt, like go free for form. it.
4: Say yeah. whatever you want. This is a safe space.
5: <laughs> that was great.
4: <laughs> that was your brain at Super Critical Mass.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Cheetos <laughs> to mess. That's funny.
4: That is funny stuff. Now, does that, that's, the, that's the vague explanation. Do you sort of understand what's, what happened? That actually,
0: happens? well, I now understand it more than I ever have before. <laughs> yeah,
4: absolutely. My year 9
5: science teacher has a lot to answer.
4: Oh, fantastic. For. Great, because I watched so many videos explaining it, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense without a diagram. <laughs> yeah. I cannot say that.
5: <laughs> no, you did very well.
4: So just to reiter- reiterate, in a nuclear explosion, a bomb's radioactive core goes critical. Mm. A nuclear fission chain reaction starts, and it gets quickly out of control. Boom. So the American scientists studying the leftover core, Rufus, they wanted a better understanding of the edge where subcritical material, not critical yet, tips into the extremely dangerous and intensely radioactive critical state. They're like, how far can we push it?
5: Yeah, right, before it's really bad. Yeah, they
4: wanted to push it as far (laughs) as they could before it unleashed a a deadly blast of radiation.
5: Right. But, I mean, like, if anybody's in... The area of the bomb, it's still going to create a deadly blast. Yes, but not radiation. Thank God.
4: Well, it will create both if it goes too
0: far. That's what they're worried <laughs> yeah. about.
4: It's a very fine line, Ugh. as
0: we are about to find out. Do you have? Do you happen to have an, an easy to understand explanation of what radiation is in your pocket? It's
5: like in the microwave. Uh,
0: it's ba- it's uh, basically
5: <laughs> it. it um, <laughs>
4: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. it is really bad for your body it's it alters your dna right and destroys your cells
0: yeah i, I sort of get the like that it's bad but i don't, just don't understand what it is it's invisible mm-hmm. is it you can't see it happening no, you
4: can't. well so, sometimes right. you can see reactions of it but no you can't really see it no
0: yeah i just don't really get what is happening exactly But it's probably the kind of thing that I would need to study for years to understand. Yeah.
4: It's like, you know, rays hit you. Yeah. And then it destroys your cells. It destroys your DNA. And um, the more you get, the worse it is, the more you're exposed to. Right. And there is kind of a rule of thumb for if it gets to this level, you're going to die. Right. They can't help you. And it's going to be really nasty (laughs) as yourself. You lose, like, all, all, uh, all your white blood cells, all that sort of stuff. Wow. Which uh, I read that later on there was an accident and that's how they created bone marrow transplants ah. because it destroys your marrow. Right. And the first ever marrow transplant was people that had been exposed to radiation. Wow. So they gave them new bone marrow. Ah.
5: There's a silver lining yeah. there. you go, exactly. <laughs> it's
4: all it's all science.
5: Oh, ah, thank God for this.
4: Uh, now, remember how I said that you split atoms by firing neutrons at them? Yes. Well, plutonium naturally sheds its own neutrons so that they're constantly shedding them. So the team were experimenting with surrounding the core in different materials to see if they could form a shield around it that acted like a mirror that made the neutrons bounce back onto the atom. So the neutrons are flying off it. You put up a mirror around it, it's going to hit back into the atom, which is going to split them, fission. Yeah, right. And it's more efficient because it's, you don't have to fire shit at it. It's firing stuff at itself. Right, yep. So they monitored the state of the core to see how much radiation was giving off depending on what type of material surrounded it. So they were just, like, using different blocks of stuff. Less than a week after Japan's surrender, and only two days after the date of Rufus's cancelled bombing run, on August 21st, 1945, Harry Dollyan, our young 24-year-old physicist, returned to the lab after dinner to continue the experiments that he'd been doing. Oh, he's stopping for dinner, mm. is he? Well... Where's the work ethic? Well, he actually has extreme work ethic because everyone else went home, but he went back to continue on his own. I don't
5: care. He stopped for dinner. Which was
4: <laughs> uh, which is a breach of safety protocols. Oh. oh. Going oh, so back in. We, so yeah. he's a bad boy. He's a bad boy. That's right. Okay. Break for dinner. See you guys later. He just snuck back into the oh, lab. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm back on board. Yeah, he's a bad boy. The only other person in the room was the security guard, Private Robert J. Hemley, who sat about 10 feet away. The experiment that Dolin was doing involved surrounding the core with bricks made from tungsten carbide, which reflected the neutrons back onto the core to start the reaction. He was adding brick by brick, monitoring it as he edged it closer and closer to going critical. So the more he surrounded it with bricks, the more neutrons were firing back on itself and the closer it was going He's edging. He is edging this this atom.
0: Before, yeah. Wow. Trying to...
4: Just take his time. Doesn't want to go too early. Yeah, but if you go too early. Yeah. He's trying to go real slow.
0: Yeah, to (laughs) create a a bigger bang.
4: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Brick by brick, he built up the reflective tungsten walls around the core until his neutron monitoring equipment indicated the plutonium would go supercritical if he added any more. Remember, the idea is to push it as far as you can without going too far. Mm. And it's about to go too far. He moved to pull one of the bricks away, but in the process accidentally dropped the brick directly onto the plutonium core. Uh Uh-oh. It immediately went supercritical, which generated a blue light. Whoa. And a wave of heat.
0: Whoa. What is that? What?
4: (laughs) Well, in an instant... Dolean reflexively pushed the brick away with his exposed hand. Uh-oh. This stopped a runaway chain reaction but exposed his right hand to massive amounts of radiation. He felt a tingling sensation in his right hand straight away.
0: Okay, tingling. I was expecting it to feel worse than that.
5: I think it's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. So but he... you're right. You would think.
0: Yeah, I just feel like burning
5: not just like oh i sat on my hand for a bit yeah <laughs> pins yeah tingling almost
0: sounds nice <laughs> yeah. but yeah wow so he could see a blue yeah blue light just for like it's like, like he's creating a, this sounds like how a superhero begins yeah yeah it, oh, it totally is
4: so he drops the brick he goes shit realizes straight away instinctively grabs it and
0: knocks it off which stops the reaction
5: he should have got a stick or something. But, hey? Yeah, but oh, like, some right. tongs.
0: So he uh, he but that action saved. Yeah, because yeah, if huge he explosion. if
4: he'd, yeah if he kept it going it would have gone super critical because one of it's one of those things where it, it gathers momentum. Yeah. And the, the longer you leave it, the more it goes. The chain reaction just gets out of hand like so right. quick. So it's on there for like a fraction of a second. Still, already it's gone
0: super critical. He's like,
5: "Fuck!" Yeah, right. Knocks so, it off.
0: If, so, like, to get a stick or something would have, might have been too late. Yeah, yeah, he probably wouldn't have had time. Right, so he w- it was pretty courageous. Yeah, or instinctively, at least. Yeah,
4: instinctively, um, yeah, put his hand on the line. His hand glowed blue. Fuck off! And then immediately blistered, and he was rushed to hospital.
5: Oh no! <clears throat> oh.
4: Unfortunately for him, in that brief instant, he had received a lethal dose of radiation. <gasps> He was estimated to have received between 20,000 and 40,000 REM, which uh, translates as Rontgen equivalent man, which is the unit they now use, which is four to eight times the dose usually estimated to be fatal. So remember I was saying before they estimate, they go, sometimes it's a bit touch and go, but once you hit a certain point, they're like, oh.
0: Right. And like even if he instantly chopped his arm off, it's too late. Yeah,
4: just because it's his hand, but it's also his
0: body. Yeah, just instantly. You're too close. Right.
4: Dolian was hospitalised and treated in an intensive care unit for severe radiation poisoning, and there are photos online of his burnt and blistered hand, and it looks fucked.
5: Oh yeah. I will not be
4: posting that. Thank you. Poor man. Uh, he slipped into a coma and died
0: 25 days after the accident.
5: Wow, 25 but days. That's a
0: pretty gruelling death.
5: Yeah, it'd be he'd be in agony.
0: And they just so they just didn't understand enough then, or well, they have known yeah, straight away. They're I like. Mean,
4: if it's anyone, a the, of time. yeah, if anyone in the world knows the risks, it's these guys because yep. they've been creating these weapons. Oh,
0: he wasn't meant to be in there.
4: But he did, you know. He thought, oh, it's easy. Like, you know, I'll just take away this brick and I'll bring it back down slowly, brick by brick. I'll bring the the core back down to normal.
0: But he accidentally just, you know, mm. it's human error. He just dropped it on top of it. Yeah. And the uh, the security guard you also mentioned.
4: Well, the security guard on duty also received a dose of radiation, but it was non lethal. Uh, although he did die of leukaemia 33 years later at the age of 62. Impossible to say whether he would have nat- naturally got that. Right. But that disease, is, possible. That disease is often associated with radiation right. exposure. Right. Uh, but Dollyan was the first known fatality caused by a criticality accident. So he was the first ever in the world to be killed by one of these accidents.
1: Right. Wow.
4: He might have been the first, but he would not be the last. No. Uh. Despite safety regulations for the project being scrutinised further and revised after the accident, new rules came in that stated that two people were needed to conduct such experiments, which is already was protocol, but now they were much more serious about it. Instruments monitoring neutron intensities with audible alerts were introduced and contingencies were introduced if ever such an accident ever occurred. But having said that, he knew it was about to go supercritical. It wasn't that he didn't know. He just fucked up and dropped the brick on yeah. top of it. Right. (laughs) You know, he's already surrounding it with bricks and that's making it go crazy enough. But if you're putting it directly on top of it, that's why it went absolutely meltdown. But that will never happen again, right? Well, cut to exactly nine months later to the day. Canadian physicist and chemist Louis Slotin or Louis Slotin was continuing the experiments on the Rufus Core. Born in Winnipeg and now 35, Slotin had also worked on the Manhattan Project. According to the New Yorker, which has a great article by Alex Wellerstein on Slotin, quote, at that time, Slotin was perhaps the world's foremost expert on handling dangerous quantities of plutonium. He's the guy. He's the plutonium guy. He's the guy. Yeah. You get this guy in. He's like the world's (laughs) foremost expert. Wow. So you'd think, safe pair of hands. Uh, Less than uh, 12 months earlier, he had helped assemble the first atomic weapons, the most dangerous bomb ever made up until that point. And there's a photo of him standing next to it whilst they're making it with his shirt unbuttoned, wearing short shorts and sunglasses. He honestly, he looks a lot like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. <laughs> <the sky>. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, uh, that's great. I'll show you. This is you getting Goldblum vibes. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Guy? Yeah. And oh, sorry. And there's the photo. I'll post both of these. There's the photo of him just hanging out, shirtless. Yeah, next to the most dangerous weapon ever that's made. It's very Goldblum. <laughs> During this time, he actually wanted to leave the ongoing project and return to teaching, but a replacement chief bomb assembler had to be trained up. Enter Elvin C. Graves, who was also part of the Manhattan Project and had helped build the first nuclear reactor, which was extremely experimental and especially dangerous at the time. He was part, this is Elvin, of Enrico Fermi's, quote, suicide squad. Oh, I don't want to be on that squad. Who were assigned to smash a five-gallon glass bottle containing a solution of cadmium sulfate over the reactor with hammers if something went wrong. So if there was a meltdown, oh. the hope being that cadmium would stop the runaway chain reaction.
5: Holy shit.
4: But if it got to that point, you'd be pretty lucky to survive standing that close to a nuclear meltdown.
5: I just want to be on, like, the friendship squad. Yeah. Or, the, like, the milkshake squad. Oh, yeah, a couple <laughs> we of got, steps we back. we to get milkshakes.
0: So if the hammers don't work, you throw milkshakes at it. Yeah. Yeah.
5: But, right? but you've had a chance to go put on a hazmat suit.
0: Yeah, I'd be living in one if I was. Oh,
5: great call! In the suicide yeah, squad.
0: yeah. One made out of like double petroleum. Yeah, or something, something even stronger than that. Yeah, triple.
5: I'd be in a full suit of armor. <laughs> I think.
0: Yeah, made out of <laughs> made out of uh, one maybe each of the top ten, because uh, that's how the the periodic table's ranked, right? Yeah. So i would yep. use the top 10 best ones. Yeah. Right. So First sur- one, hydrogen.
4: Hydrogen. The
5: second
0: one, f-
4: f- helium. F- helium. Fantastic. So you're surrounded by gas.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hard gas. Oh, so. but
4: what if you suck in helium and you have a funny voice at all times?
0: Yeah. Perfect. in the mood. <laughs> Hello.
5: Oh, everyone, step back. I've got a milkshake. <laughs> I've got a milkshake. Oh, no, it's going into
1: meltdown. <laughs> run. Run.
4: <laughs> it's very hard to take that guy seriously. <laughs>
5: again
1: Oh no not <laughs> oh, oh god what a whole be killed wife I love her. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Sorry mate Sutton Elvin you say something
5: That's great
0: Yeah that's that's a good I think that's a solid plan.
5: So you, yeah that was the top two.
4: Hydro and helium
0: yeah. love it. Yeah I'll use it in the, and in then the following, the following yeah yeah Philharmonic. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else you got there? Didorium. Yep. Seaborgium. Let's not forget that one.
5: (laughs) Seaborgium. Bborgium. Dborgium. Wow. (laughs)
0: Fiborgian. Fiborgian. Isn't it? Yeah. So you got a couple of them come from later on, but, you know, give them a go. You sort of, sometimes you got to like, believe. In an element, mm-hmm. and it'll grow. Yes, it'll right. grow with your belief. <laughs> That's in important. Yeah. So sometimes, like, will one element
4: overtake another? Yeah. Yes, well, absolutely. have you?
0: I mean, have you been concentrating on the table? They change around all the time. Dave, right. you've got to
4: watch the table news. So the ranking system. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Bye-bye. If one of them is really improved, uh, sometimes the head of the table will go shuff up a bit.
4: What do you, What do you th- <laughs> What would you say is 2020's most improved element?
0: Uh, most improved. Yeah. Probably boron. Wow. Yeah, Boron's coming up with a bullet.
4: Yeah, it used to be, Boron used to be I laughed at, but now.
0: Now it's, yeah. Had a good long Had hard, a real hard, good year.
4: Look at itself.
0: Big preseason. Been in the gym. Yep. Yeah, bulking up and, yeah, just having a red body looking good. Looking good.
4: Yeah, put on a lot of weight, but mostly muscles.
5: Yeah. All muscle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> it's all tone. <laughs> they're actually starting to shed.
5: So that bomb's actually called Muscle Man.
0: Or Shred. Is it Shred or shed? Shred? Shred. Shred. Yeah, they're shed. actually starting, they're in the shred phase. Yeah. Yeah. So you can see yeah,
4: Uranium sheds. Neutrons. All right. Science facts. Break it down.
5: Thank God we're here to explain yeah, science I know, to thank these you. dummies that break listen. Break it down. Honestly, that's what
4: break it down now. Break it down. Boron. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Tell my wife, I love it. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> that really got me. That was fun.
0: Dave's come in, science class, year ten. Hat. Backwards. <laughs> Let me rap. <laughs> Let me wrap some elements and Which
5: And which way does he sit on the chair?
0: Oh, you better believe it's the wrong way.
5: <laughs> oh, he's so bad. Oh, no.
0: Sitting upside down with the legs going <laughs> into my ass.
5: <laughs> Ow. Ow!
4: Fuck, this hurts. <laughs> God, I look so cool. I man. wish there
5: was another way. Oh, I
4: think there was another <laughs> way. I see a rule, I break it. <laughs> in my ass. <laughs> yeah, break it off in my ass. Broke a chair leg off my ass. i got to go to the hospital. Help me.
0: But what have we learnt today, kids?
4: So anyway, back to Slotin. He he wants to get out of the game. He wants to go back to
0: teaching physics and chemistry. Uh this okay. Is this the is this a story where if that had happened he'd still be alive happy?
4: Well, probably not now. I mean this is seventy five years ago. Sure. people can't live past seventy five in days and No. Dave's I didn't world. Realize this guy. no. I'm sorry.
0: This newborn baby can't even live 75 <laughs> years <ago. Fine. laughs> well, Okay. Well, I mean,
4: if he was still alive, he'd be 110. He yeah. could, but it's possible. It's possible. I be, I'd like to believe it's possible. Yeah. It, no,
5: Dave, it is. People have done it. So So
4: you what I'm have saying to believe. is he's alive. Okay. Yeah. In here. Where are you, Where are you pointing?
0: My boob. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's living living in there. I was gonna say amongst the milk, but you probably aren't <laughs> no. producing any of that. No. It's that going away. Absolutely. You're but... <laughs> absolutely wasting that milk. <laughs> okay.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb dot com slash host.
0: This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I gotta get someone off my chest. Okay. I I your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. That feels a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively and that had been affecting me and that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit.
4: He, that he was saving for his wedding.
0: I didn't know that. <laughs>
4: Dot com slash D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's better help, H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So back to Slotin. Uh, Alvin C. Graves is coming in to replace him. And uh, But during this time, Slotin was continuing uh, the work of experimenting to get the core to the point of going critical without it actually going critical. They're still edging this little thing. He had developed his own method of getting it very close to critical, and it also become Tantric edging.
0: I'm gonna need a cold shower. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, I'm thinking of dead dogs.
1: <laughs> okay. That
0: really cools me off. Grandma. <laughs> oh, grandma What a nightmare it must be there. To- if you're having to think of stuff that grosses you out.
5: Maggots. Uh, Maggots. Can't wait
0: to burn a nut. Yeah. So a lot of it is actually thinking about gross things. Yes. A lot
5: of it's actually quite traumatic. It's
0: uh, it's real hot. Poverty. 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 Okay, okay, I'm good. I'm back.
4: So he's continuing to trying to get it to go critical without going critical. He had developed his own method of getting it real close and he'd become a bit of a showman, known for his privado. Yeah. He was known to wear his trademark blue jeans and cowboy boots whilst carrying out the test. This is the Jeff Goldblum guy. He invited his replacement, Elvin Graves, and some other men to watch the experiment.
5: Mm-hmm. He made them all also wear
4: cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, Come on, guys. This isn't for safety. It's fun. We've got to look cool.
5: Okay, it's fun.
4: Teamwork. What he would do is he would slowly lower a lid of beryllium that looked... What number is that one, Jeff? Four. Number four. A lid of beryllium that looked like a large bowl over the top of the core. This is technically called a tamper. Beryllium reflects neutrons, so the closer it, go- it got to fully covering the core, the more fission occurred. So if you lower it really close to it, the chain reactions go on crazy in there. But he never wanted to fully enclose the core with the beryllium, for it risked going critical. It's kind of like a chef with a metal cloche covering a fancy meal. Mm. He never wanted to fully cover that meal. Because you analogy. eat with your eyes. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you. Thought of that myself.
5: Yeah. I thought of Tampa, Tampa, Tampa. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> this reference. Sorry, that's, that's not bad. Uh, so he put a little hole in the top of the tamper so he could hold it in one hand. A bit like how you hold a bowling ball. Yeah, okay. So he's holding the outside of the the, the round bowl but there's a hole in the top of it so he puts his thumb in there and he can hold it with one hand and this is where it gets really dodgy between the bottom of the tamper and the outside of the core he in the other hand had a screwdriver Hmm. in theory the screwdriver formed a wedge between the tamper and the core's base so the lid never fully closed over the core so he's holding it in one hand the the tamper and then the other hand he's jamming a flat-head screwdriver, so it can never close properly.
0: It's got a real DIY home handyman kind <laughs> of. Oh,
4: yeah, with, with a fucking plutonium core, and his
0: thumb.
5: Yeah, what? his thumb's exposed.
0: Is, is that what you're saying?
4: Thumb's exposed. Yeah, but it's not. It's not going critical, so it's fine. Right.
5: He's put a little condom on it, so oh, it's. Oh yeah. yeah. They protect from everything.
4: Finger gloves.
5: Mm. It is. <laughs> yeah, couple's <gloves>,
4: fingers. <laughs> Sorry. It was a pretty precarious wedge, especially when you're dealing with some of the deadliest shit man has ever discovered. And nine months earlier, it's killed your friend and colleague in a horrible and painful way. Mm. Nevertheless, he'd done this experiment many times. Oh, dear. This is despite warnings from senior colleagues. Enrico Fermi, who's a giant in their field, often called the architect of the nuclear age, he warned Slotin that he would be, quote, Dead within a year if you continue to do such precarious experiments.
5: Shit. The Architect's a very cool nickname, by the way. Oh, that is cool, isn't it? Yeah. Do you prefer that or Cobra? The
4: Architect. <laughs> nah, Cobra. You can be the Architect. That's
0: great. You're more likely to pull off the Architect.
5: Yeah, you don't. look like an Architect. You do not look hey. like a Cobra. Exactly.
4: That's it's such a good code name. Like in a, in a movie, if I was like an arms dealer or something, that throughout for the first 45 minutes, they'd yeah. talk about Cobra and that you'd be imagining like this amazing, tough, badass guy. And then, like, I'd meet them in Times Square or something. And they'd be like, You're Cobra? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? Hey, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I sucked in too much helium. <laughs> No, I sound like Mickey Mouse. Come <laughs> her out. Come around. Yes, yeah, sure, we'll be able to give you a shipment of M sixteen rifles, no worries. <laughs> low. <Toodaloo. Toodaloo. laughs> I keep them in my mum's garage. <laughs> Come round after eight. Yeah. So she doesn't see. Yeah, if she sees me, she'll be like, Why is this Spanish man coming inside our house with a briefcase full of money? <laughs> mum, do st- don't worry about it, it's my Why? friend. He doesn't need a cup of tea,
5: mum.
0: <laughs> Why are you selling M sixteens to a Spanish man?
1: I don't know.
4: I mean,
0: the Spanish well, why the so many questions? as
1: yeah. well.
4: I wouldn't say no to a Spanish man. I see colour nor creed. The only colour I see is green. Money. <laughs>
5: <laughs> money isn't green.
4: How confusing that all the money is the are. same. Yeah, that's right.
5: Okay. I take that back. I've just never seen a $100 bill. <laughs> that's not something I have in my wallet, let me tell you.
0: Well, you got to probably get to do some real business and then you'll see. The real colour of money. That's right. right. You've got to do some
4: dodgy cash-only jobs.
5: But if I had a 50 and a 10, you put them together.
4: Yeah. 60.
5: You got 60. $60.
4: (laughs) And and then I'm only (laughs) 40 away. You've got a majority of $100. Mm. (laughs) Pretty good. Pretty good. So he's been told, mate, you'll be dead if you keep doing this shit. But he keeps doing it. And now he's showing people. The screwdriver experiment even got its own nickname. The screwdriver experiment? (laughs) It's even more badass. It was called, well, maybe not. It was called Tickling the Dragon's Tail. No, that sucks. I hate that. Because it was known as being extremely risky. One, why would you tickle a dragon's tail? And two, why would you balance your life on a fucking screwdriver? Yeah, it's
5: not
0: a great idea. I I don't mind it, Tickling the Dragon's Tail. It sounds
5: like a euphemism for wanking.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's why it's so good. It works two ways. Multiple entendre.
4: (laughs) Despite the known risk, Sotin continued the experiment, this time in a room full of guys including his replacement, Alvin Graves, as well as three physicists, an engineer, a photographer and a security guard. So there are eight men in the room. And to quote from the New Yorker again. As he began the slow and painstaking process of lowering the tamper, one of his colleagues, Raymond Schreiber, turned away to focus on other work expecting that the experiment would be uninteresting until several more moments had passed. Uh-oh. But suddenly, he heard a sound behind him. Uh-oh. screwdriver had slipped, and the tamper had dropped fully over the core. Oh, no. When Triber turned around, he saw a flash of blue light and felt a wave of heat on his face. Oh, on his face. A week later, he wrote a report on the mishap, where he wrote... The blue fat flash was clearly visible in the room, although it, the room, was well illuminated from the windows and possibly the overhead lights. The total duration of the flash could not have been more than a few tenths of a second. Slotin very quickly in flipping the tamper piece off. This was about 3 p.m. So he's balancing the screwdriver, but it's slipped out, and now the cloche has gone yeah. right. fully over it, and then it is in split second
0: gone supercritical. Right. And... Yeah, so the guy who had the blue light in his face, he, a week later, is still not in a coma or anything?
4: No, he was okay. He was far, far enough away.
0: Right. But Jeff Goldblum?
4: But Jeff Goldblum, he, well, he quickly he realised his mistake straight away. He knocked the two halves apart and stopped the chain reaction from getting even more out of control. Yeah. He then quietly announced to the room, well, that does it. Hmm. He knew it was really bad. The security guard watching on, who had no idea what the purpose of the experiment was because he was not a scientist, he saw the blue light and was suitably freaked out and he ran to get help. Because you would you'd be like, what the fuck?
5: Yeah, that, that's probably not good. That's
4: never happened before and they never look this scared. I better yeah. go get help. None
5: of them are cheering, so I'm no. guessing that's not what they were yeah. aiming for. Did
4: you want to see the blue light? <laughs> Should my face be on fire? <laughs> uh, later calculations put the total number of fission reactions, which is when the atom splits, in those tenths of a second at three quadrillion. That's a lot. That's heaps. So that's three quadrillion atoms smashing into each other, which sounds like so many, but that is still a million times smaller than the first atomic bomb. Holy shit. (laughs) Three (laughs) quadrillion times a million. But it was enough to send out a significant burst of deadly radioactivity. Oh, no. As an ambulance was called and the rest of the lab was evacuated, those still in the room tried to calculate how much radiation they'd been exposed to, quickly trying to work out who lives and who dies.
5: That's a fun game amongst friends.
4: Slootan, the one who'd uh, slipped the screwdriver, made a sketch of where everyone had been standing at the moment of criticality. In his calculations, he tried to use a radiation detector on various items that had been near the core around the room. Right. He tested a, a brush, an empty Coca-Cola bottle, a hammer and a measuring tape. Sadly, the detector itself had also been exposed and contaminated so much that it didn't actually give accurate readings.
5: Wow.
0: And he's in there going, he's basically going, who in here did I kill? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I... He's like,
4: like, probably me.
5: Yeah, Yeah. I'm
0: probably gone,
4: but how far away was everyone else?
0: Uh,
4: Ugh. Again from The New Yorker, quote, Slotin instructed one of his colleagues to lay radioactivity detecting film badges around the area which required the scientists to go dangerously close to the still overheated core. The errand resulted in no useful data and was mentioned in a later report as evidence that after an exposure of this magnitude, human beings are in no condition for rational behaviour. So he's like the plutonium expert of plutonium experts, and this has happened, and he's told a guy to set up an experiment that will give no data and made him go close to this thing that's still uh, putting out radiation. All those in the room were taken to hospital and Sotin vomited several times, but by the next morning he'd stopped. He seemed generally in pretty good health, but his left hand, the one that had been closest to the core, was tingling and became increasingly painful. Both of his, both of his hands began to blister. Oh. His whole dose was around 2100 REM or REM of neutrons, gamma rays and X-rays. 500 REM is usually fatal for humans. So he had four times that. Wow. His parents were flown out to see him in hospital. His white blood cell count dropped. His temperature and pulse were all over the place, and an examining physician noted internal radiation burns that he described as three-dimensional sunburn.
0: Oh, don't really know what that means.
4: It doesn't sound good. He cooked his organs. Yeah.
5: Oh, yeah. That's fucking incredible. Yeah. That's something you can't see mm. or, you know, like
4: it can
5: impact a human that way.
4: Yeah, just it is like, you know, putting yourself in the microwave at a really high temperature real, real quick. Oh. Eventually he sank into a coma and died na- nine days after the exposure, dying in the same hospital room as his friend and colleague Harry Dollion had. What was Dollyan's exposure? Was it similar or was it more? It was, uh, I think it was similar, but he died t- after 25 yeah. days. yeah. I oh, sorry, I couldn't remember the number for him. He'd had a lot more actually. I'm just looking up here. He'd had twenty to forty thousand, but for yeah. whatever reason, maybe it was his position over the core because um, certain was standing right over the top of it. Mm. It really fucked him up.
5: Yeah. So that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah.
4: Yeah, he was. His body was shipped back to Winnipeg, where it was buried in a sealed casket, probably still radioactive. And he was oh. he was 35 years old, not very old at all.
5: I didn't even think of that, yeah.
4: Yeah, the nearest person to Slotin, uh, Slotin during the experiment was the man that was to replace him, Elvin C. Graves. He'd been watching over Slotin's shoulder and was thus partially shielded by him, receiving a high but ultimately non-lethal radiation dose. That is a, 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 some silver lining for this guy, is that he his body actually protected most of the rest of the room.
1: Right. Wow. He'd
4: copped it and absorbed it all. That's why he okay. died. Yeah. But... No one else in the room died because
0: he was standing over it. Really? And, Did anyone get leukemia or anything like that?
4: Well, Elvin C. Graves is the closest guy. He developed chronic, even though he he, uh, he was hospitalised for several weeks, he lost his hair and he at a, at a time had a sperm count of zero. Wow,
0: that's so it's, uh, Yeah. Wow. At a time, so they came back.
4: Well, he developed chronic... Neurological and vision problems as a result of the exposure, but he did recover. He returned to work and had a healthy baby daughter two years later. Holy right.
5: shit! Two years later, <laughs> as well. That's like, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Pretty good effort. Yeah. Wow. He,
4: he did die of a heart attack twenty years later at the age of fifty-five, and it's unclear whether the exposure contributed to this. Yeah, right. right. I
5: suppose you, you could say that for any of their deaths, can't
4: you? Yes. Well, and another guy, Marion Edward Schleski. Uh, he was a physicist who was also in the room. He died of leukemia 21 years after the accident.
0: Wow, that's starting to feel like, I yeah. mean, it's a small sample size, but a bit yeah. of a pattern.
4: And only
5: 20 years later, and I think the security guard was like 30-something, 30 35 yeah. years later or something. Yeah. same
4: thing. And Dwight Smith-Young, the photographer in the room, he died 27 years later of a plastic anemia where the body fails to produce blood cells in sufficient numbers. Right. And this is possibly a side effect of radiation poisoning. Yeah, that sounds about right. But again, it's hard to say, would he have developed that anyway? Did it make it quicker or did it make it happen? Right. It's really hard to say. Yeah. So after being involved in the first two deaths caused by a criticality accident, Rufus began being referred to as the Demon Core.
5: Oh, okay. That's why
4: it's called that.
0: And why are they even still playing with it now?
5: Yeah. There's other toys. You know, get a slinky.
0: Oh, yeah, slinkies are not. They're fun. Cool. Wait, has
5: it... anybody died of radiation poison after playing with a slinky? Oh,
0: yes, but yes. not for a long time. <laughs> okay, after it fell into a reactor core and someone <laughs> jumped after
4: it.
5: Why what? slinky?
0: What? So, what? What's the goal of it at this point?
4: Oh, they were just they were just continuing experiments to work out ways of getting it critical.
0: This is for a possible like for post Second World War now post Second
4: World War, but still to make an even more effective bomb. Right. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Uh, prior to the second accident, it was expected that the demon Corps would be sent to the Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands where it would uh, which I believe is where the for holiday. Uh, bikini comes from. What? The the huh. name Bikini. There you go. In the Marshall Islands, it would uh, where it would be detonated as part of Operation Crossroads, the first post post-war series of nuclear tests. Uh, thousands of observers were to watch these explosions, including Louis Soton, he was supposed to be there, but he never made it. Mm. But after the incident, the core was still radioactive, and they had to wait for the radioactivity to decline. So it never made it to this to this bomb test. It's a, it's
0: interesting. Mm. They called it the Demon Core, but it, it was two just clumsy accidents, two fuck ups. Yeah, it was full human error. Yeah, I, you can't really blame the core for that for doing what it was designed to do. Mm. Yeah, it's oh, it's amazing.
5: Are you imagining Rufus as, like, a, a cute little animated dog? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Can't blame him. You can't blame Rufus. Come on. Yeah. And I ask you because I definitely am.
4: <laughs> you naughty demon core. <laughs>
5: oh, Rufus. You know, I watched Paddington the other night, and he's, like, so well-meaning, but he just keeps making mistakes. Mm. Doesn't know how sticky tape works, Aww. so he gets it everywhere, you know?
4: But he's not radioactive. No. Well, as far as I'm aware. I haven't seen the second one, Neither so I, I don't actually. know. <laughs> uh, eventually, Rufus, the demon core was melted down in 1946 and reintegrated into the US nuclear stockpile. The two incidents at Los Alamos had a lasting effect on nuclear safety. All hands-on assembly work was banned and people no longer handled cores with their hands. Good. Subsequent critical testing of fissile cause was done with remotely controlled machines with the operator sitting safely in another room. That's a good idea. Yeah, Yeah. this adds up.
0: That's funny. I guess, yeah, you assume that's how it always was, but it's become that way because of these accidents. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. It's like that's why Homer Simpson sort of puts his hands through that glove wall.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, but before that it was just a dude with a screwdriver. Yeah. (laughs) And cowboy boots. Yes, and
0: no buttoned-up shit sounds like a genuine badass who um yeah just no fear no fear really when he probably should have had some fear yeah especially in a room when he's dealing with other people's lives but really that's the story of the demon
4: core and it's a tricky one because the weapons that these men created and developed cause untold suffering and destruction yeah so i don't want to focus the story only on them and their fate but i just thought it was pretty interesting
1: yeah
5: it's fascinating. The lengths that we as humans have gone to.
4: Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that they argue, well, if the others, had, if the enemy had gotten it first, they would have used it on us. So that's why we had to beat them, or whatever. But a lot of them did go on to regret, um, yeah, to regret making it. And even Robert Oppenheimer, the head of everything, he later uh, opposed them making hydrogen bombs, which are even more dangerous. Yeah, and wow. got blacklisted by the government because Whoa. he went, you, we shouldn't be experimenting with this shit anymore.
0: Right. Um, in
4: 1989, the film Fat Man and Little Boy that follows the Manhattan Project uh, features a character based on Dolly and, and Söten, played by John Cusack. Ah. And uh, he does the screwdriver experiment and it fucks up and it's a really tense scene. You can watch it on YouTube.
5: No, thanks. Yeah. I'll just watch Paddington too. Yeah. But I'll take your word for it.
4: Yeah, so. Wow. But, he, yeah, he's like an amalgamation of the two characters.
5: Dave, that was a very interesting report that even I, an idiot, could follow. I'm
4: glad that it was because, you know. Because, you know, is, you
5: work with an idiot. Well,
4: as is often the way when you're doing the research or whatever, I've watched these videos and things like that. I want to make it so it's easy for people that haven't seen that to understand. Yeah. But also not boring as shit.
5: <laughs> yeah, it's a fine <laughs> line. But, Much like... Getting the edging something to supercritical, yeah, it's a fine right. line.
4: And can I just say that um, we started the year, the first episode was uh, the eruption of Mount St Helens, oh, a disaster, yeah. and we finished the year
0: with yet another disaster episode.
5: Ah, uh, it seems very fitting for twenty
4: twenty. Yeah,
5: well done, totally.
0: Dave. We should have seen the signs. <laughs> uh, well, that brings us to everyone's favourite section of the show, the fact, quote or question section, which I think has a little jingle.
5: Fact, quote or question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always remembers
0: the ding. Now, to get involved in this, you can go to dugonpod.com uh, do, or do, uh, patreon.com slash dugonpod and sign up on the Sydney Schoenberg Deluxe Memorial Edition package level, rest in peace, and then you get to give us a factor quote, or a question. You also get to give yourself a title. Uh, there's also all sorts of other uh, rewards that are up for grabs, bonus episodes. We do three a month. Uh, voting rights on topics. Did people the people vote on this one, Dave? Or is this a
4: this was a vote? This was a uh, a very close vote. I put up three topics to finish the year, and it was uh, for our deluxe package.
0: The Sydney Schoenberg. Sydney Schoenberg, Schoenberg
4: voters, and yeah, this one just by a couple of votes.
0: Ooh. Um And yeah, there's a, a bunch of other stuff. A weekly newsletter. You get access to the Facebook group, the loveliest corner of the internet. Um, but for the fact quote and questions section, you get to give yourself uh, a title. You get to give us a fact, a quote, or a question. First up this week, we got Roy AJ Phillips, who's given himself the title of the pessimistic pest which exists Am- Admi- amidst us. Oh, you did get me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll get you soon, Matt. You got me the same. <laughs> the pessimistic pest which exists amidst us. That's amazing. That's really hard to say. Amidst-
5: pessimistic pest that
0: Exists amidst a us.
5: mystic pest which exists amidst us. Yeah, it's the amidst.
0: Mm. Amidst us.
5: Amidst us.
0: Roy, uh, ask a question. Which is your favorite bit or joke from a show or routine of each other's? Context be damned.
5: Ooh. favourite bit oh. or joke from
0: a show or routine of each oh, other's. That's oh.
5: really hard.
0: It's been a while now.
5: Yeah, I know. It has. <laughs> yeah, it's been. Been,
0: uh... Uh, Dave, what's Dave's bit about? Uh, especially for Dave, what was your last gig in Kosamui? No, uh we did
4: Perth.
0: Uh,
4: Perth and then Dublin last year.
0: Oh, they were since Thailand.
1: Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> But um,
0: this time last year, there's why what, What's the, it's, it's a it's a, a classic pull back and reveal line about you being so your partner dying or something.
4: Oh, being pregnant. <laughs> being pregnant. being oh, pregnant. I was thinking
5: the same one. <laughs> I was thinking the same, same one. Same diff. And he goes, and I wish
0: her well. I
4: yeah, wish yeah. her well. Yeah, a, that's a very good. Thank bit. you so much. That's often an opening bit I have. It's a good bit. People go, wow, well, didn't expect him to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, I think
0: that's that's the part of it <laughs> yeah. is like, whoa, Dave. It's like well, it's that's kind of fun. Yeah.
5: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> and Bob, Bob, I mean, she's got so many great bits. Obviously, uh, the classic, uh, the the uh, the rapper bit, the classic bit, the list bit.
4: Mm. Yeah, your list bit is so good.
0: That's uh, such a great joke.
5: It's fun to do. So um, I like it.
0: Uh, the uh the spoons. I always love that line. Why all the spoons?
5: <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the very first jokes.
4: I also love uh Matt a line that I think that you said sometimes didn't work, but uh when you uh what shame to mutt.
0: I think that's a very funny What shame to mutt. Oh
4: yeah, yeah that's very funny.
0: <laughs> it nearly never worked.
4: <laughs> like, for me, that's just a really funny phrase. Yeah, I
0: mean, it sounds funny. What do they want it to be
5: funny? (laughs) (laughs) They are asking too much of me. Also, like your regrets, your list of regrets.
4: Oh, you also. What's the bit you have about boxing in your most recent show? Oh.
0: Oh, bad punching something to death. 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 That
4: really made me laugh because again, I did not expect you to say (laughs) it. so it's really funny.
0: Yeah, that's yeah the. uh, It's really unpacking nostalgia. That bit. At the heart of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's putting up a mirror. <laughs> uh, uh great question. I mean, he did say with no context. Yeah. I think we delivered on that. That's right. People are going, Qua?
5: Yeah, saying, These bits sound terrible. <laughs> a I list know. bit? What is that? What are you listing?
0: Well, uh come see a show. It's
5: on YouTube, that one. No, tell them to see a show. See a show. I'll never do another show. Really? I don't think so.
0: Who uh, knows? The next one comes from Nicole DeMorton, whose title is Burgess of Drunken Stories That Have No Point. Mm. <laughs> and Nicole writes a question, which is, <laughs> <laughs> if you were arrested, what would your family assume you had done?
5: Public urination. Oh,
4: really? I
5: don't mm. know. Something Like, it wouldn't be anything. Like, I wouldn't have murdered someone. They'd be mm. like, what have you done, you dickhead?
4: Beat up a cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always fighting the power,
0: you know.
5: Yeah, jaywalked or something. Yeah, it's
4: probably jaywalked.
5: It'd be something lame for me.
0: Yeah, mine probably—they'd probably shoot my shank to that.
5: Not like intoxication.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they know. They know that
5: I. Uh, your Your dad'd probably be there with you. I've got in the back of the divvy uh, van. Oh, uh, mate,
0: I've uh, I've matured quite a bit, <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, no, they probably would think it's that. But they'd be wrong because that'll that'll never happen. Because
5: it'll be shanking a narc. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it might be lame. Public urination, something like that. Mm. Probably might be like um,
0: voter fraud. Even. I was going to say tax fraud. That's what your parents would assume. <laughs>
4: yeah. Oh, no, he's trying to vote for Grandma again. <laughs> God damn it. I
5: want Grandma to be Prime <laughs> Minister.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: no, I meant voting on Grandma's behalf. <laughs> 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 I just thought, donkey vote, you're just writing in your mum's, your grandma's name. You can't can't keep doing that, mate. (laughs)
5: That's a very funny misunderstanding. I reckon if
4: I got arrested, they'd probably think it was some sort of administrative error.
5: (laughs) Yeah, surely. A different Dave Warnocky murdered someone. Come on. But come on.
1: Come
0: on. Come on. Uh, That or arson. You know. The big two. The big two. (laughs) Great question, Nicole. Um, Next one comes from Kelly Clark, who is the Phenomenal phenomenology, Phenomenologist. You were so close I was to was na- You were yeah. going to nail it. I bailed on it.
4: You were so... I was like, he's you nailed it. it. You had the it. The
0: Phenomenal Phenomenologist. And nailed it. And Kelly is offered a fact, and that fact is a Krishmishy fact, Uh-oh. which is, I think... Christmas was in two levels only a week or so ago. That's
4: right. We're still in the Christmas vibe. The tree is still definitely out.
0: Yeah, tree, Big still. time. Oh, not mine. I, I'd throw it out the front door. <laughs> Fasting boxing day. Get out. Of Hit, Get out. It's <laughs> midnight. Karate kick it out of the door.
4: <laughs> See you next year. Still got family over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Get out. Get
1: out. <laughs> oh, no, not you. You can stay. No, just the tree.
4: <laughs> the tree's out. Would you like another coffee, tea? Mm, <laughs> coffee,
0: tea, anything?
4: Nibbly? <laughs> <laughs> Sherry? Yeah. Port?
0: Uh, like, yeah, Steve, i love him. I'll just start putting on. Cricket Yeah, it's Boxing <laughs> day now. Yeah, come on, all Come right. on.
4: <laughs> Walking in with a bowler.
0: <laughs> Lock his castle down. <laughs> uh, Kelly's got a, a Christmas fact, and it is. The Immaculate Conception wasn't the conception of Jesus in Mary's womb. It's the name given to the conception of Mary in her mother's womb. What? It what? refers to the belief that Mary was not impacted by sin, or its results, even from her very first moments, as preparation for being mummed to God the Son. If this is read before February the 2nd, 2021, it is before the end of the traditional Christmas season. And it it was read out just in time with a, a month to spare, <laughs> I think. So, huh. yeah, right. I, I always assumed it was the Immaculate Conception was about Jesus being born to Mary without.
1: Yeah,
4: without yes. Joseph's help. I always yeah. assumed it was the, the Madonna best of. So
0: Oh, the Immaculate Collection. collection. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of pun work there. Thanks, Madge. Great work, great work. Thanks, Madge. Uh, thank you very much, Kelly. And finally, Thomas Doppelwriter writes, or first he's titled himself the official quiz master of the Duke on Patreon's Facebook group. And you are the master of it. And Thomas has given us a fact as well. His fact is... As I heard you talking about the Flaming Lips on the Krishmish episode, did you know that they released an album in 1997, Zarika, that is four albums and is supposed to be played on four different systems at the same time? <laughs> it is possible to listen for uh, to each of them separately, but it really comes together if you listen to all of them at the same time. No way. Yeah, and so I remember this coming out. I don't think I've ever listened to it, but um, see so back when it came out you need four cd players wow and then every time because you're pressing play on all of them yeah. or even if four people are it'll be slightly different every listen because they'll you'll never nail the the same wow play or even if it's microseconds off yeah it's an interesting idea i remember it got a bit of a hype at the time or maybe afterwards i, I don't think i'd heard of them until the 2000s but yeah it's a that's a fun a fun fact.
5: I don't think I'd even have enough channels to play that on radio, four tracks at once.
0: Yeah, right. I wonder if they ever did uh, play it on Triple J. That, hmm. That's where it would have been played, if anywhere, probably.
5: That's interesting. That's,
4: that's a great fact. I didn't know about that. I'd like to give it a listen. Mm.
0: So that's all the fact quotes and questions for this week. we also like to thank a few of our uh, other Patreon supporters. And Jess, you normally come up with a little game to play with their names.
5: Um, what kind of footwear they are wearing in a very dangerous situation? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I like it. I panicked, but
1: that's so he, alright. He's
0: right. wearing uh, cowboy boots whilst uh, irradiating his whole bunny. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, firstly, if I may, I'd love to thank from West Drayton in Great Britain, Keir Beals.
5: Oh, Keir Beals, obviously wearing... walking
0: ten feet off a of beal, wearing
5: slippers. Slippers. What's a beal?
0: I don't know it's a line in uh, this one-hit wonder song from, I don't know, maybe the '70s or something called uh, "Walking in Memphis." Oh, walking f- sixteen feet off a beam. I don't oh. know what it means. I've never. I,
5: I know the song. I think.
0: Yeah, walk... walking in Memphis. Is that a, is that right? Do you even feel the way I feel? I don't know. How do you <laughs> feel? Oh no, nah, it's gonna be the first line's put on my blue suede shoes. That's got to be what she's wearing.
4: Ah, blue shade. Let's uh,
0: um, Was walking with my feet 10 feet off a of biel. Huh. Biel with capitalized B. Maybe it's just like another word for street or something. Anyway, we've got sidetracked here. Biel definition. <laughs> uh, bail. <laughs> That's a different word. You suck. <laughs> All right, let's see. Important to get this down. It's a British schoolmistress. <laughs> no. Well, I don't, I don't think that is correct. <laughs> Definitely worth taking the time to get to this. No, all right. I don't know. Anyway, I, I have a feeling it might be a street or something like that. But, um, yes.
5: It's something you can walk on.
0: Kia Beal. Sorry, Kia. <laughs> Sorry. Keir. Uh Great name, Kia as well. I don't think I've ever heard of a Kia before. Oh, K-E-I-R. I like that. Yeah. Nice one. Uh, I hope you enjoy wearing your blue suede shoes <laughs> while doing something dangerously. And I'd also like to thank, from Horsham in England, Chris Steer. Flippers. <laughs> Chris Flippers. And what
4: are they doing? Flip-flopping. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what are they trying to do? Sorry, they are <laughs> trying to... Is
5: it something underwater or the sl- the flippers unrelated? No. Okay, yeah. So they are trying it's to a
4: photograph uh, a cyclone.
5: Oh wow! In flippers.
4: Yeah. Mm. yeah they that... thought. I mean, if it goes wrong, it's going to go wrong here. It doesn't matter what I'm going to. I'll. Tr- if they find my body, at least it'll be funny.
5: Yeah, they're thinking like it'll. They'll go. Oh, was I really here? Was this guy sucked out of the ocean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bit of a
4: prank. Prank. <clears throat> prank chair with my dead body. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I just looked up Kier, I think it's pronounced Kier, ear, Kier, ear. Okay. and it's a Gaelic word meaning dusky, dark-haired, dark-skinned, swarthy. Oh.
3: Kier. Kier.
0: Kier. There you go. And um, not far off that name is Kieran Darcy from Birmingham in <laughs> Great Britain.
5: Kieran
4: Darcy is wearing Ugg boots. Oh, I love me Uggs.
5: <laughs> I love me Uggs.
4: I love me Uggs. me Uggs, but I wouldn't want to be doing them whilst doing a rodeo Yeah. back of a bull.
0: Oh, back of a bull. Yep. With your, with your Uggs on. Oh, but they're you, stuck yeah. in the little...
5: Stirrups. Oh, yeah, they can't get you
0: off. I'm going to call them little... Little shoe holes, mm. but, yeah, you call them syrups if you like. Sorry. <laughs> Come
4: on. Matt gets technical sometimes. <laughs> shoe hole. <laughs>
5: <laughs> thank you, Kieran. Can I thank some people?
0: Please.
5: I would love to thank, from London,
4: Tom Rourke.
0: Tom Rourke. Tom Rourke wearing uh, what are those little spikes you wear in the ice.
4: Oh, crampons.
0: Crampons. Cramp-
4: yeah. But, but, I mean, obviously, it's, that's not dangerous if you're in
0: ice, but where is he wearing them? Oh, he's he's wearing them. to the supermarket
5: <laughs> to buy tampons. <laughs> tampons, and that's dangerous because if he gets the wrong ones, Uh-oh. he's in trouble. He'll have to go back. <laughs> exactly. And he's Who trying to, to
0: he's trying to walk vertically <laughs> up, <laughs> yeah, the, up
5: shelf.
0: the shelf. He's like, "What's at the top top of the shelf?"
5: Let I'll me like, find out. I'll
0: get it. <laughs> but the crampons only really work in ice.
5: Crampons are mm. a dumb word. It's
0: no good. I enjoy it's it.
5: Stupid. I like it. No, I mean, but it's.
4: <laughs> yeah, I like it because it's so dumb. It's so yeah. I couldn't believe, I've only worn them once and I couldn't believe that they were called crampons. I was like,
5: what? These crampons? are crampons.
1: <laughs> All
5: right. Um, I'd also love to thank, thank you, Tom. I'd love to thank, where's what this? What's the country code SE? Is that Sweden? Sweden? It's usually
4: Sweden, I believe. Yeah.
5: From uh, a place I cannot pronounce in Sweden Mondel Mondel. Mondal.
4: Titus Drot. Titus Drot, a fantastic name, and Titus is wearing tissue boxes on my feet. <laughs> Get these tissue boxes off my feet. And what's he doing with the
5: tissue boxes? What's he
4: doing on yeah. there? he is trying to light a cigarette oh, in the middle God. of a petrol station.
5: Oh no, Titus! Titus,
4: stop it! You're wearing flammable shoes. Oh, no, just wait, <laughs> just wait.
5: <laughs> Drive away from Come the on. petrol station. No,
4: he's, he hasn't been driven there. He's walked there. Oh my god! In tissue boxes.
5: Oh dear. Just me. got the craving. He's having a bad day. No, me? no.
0: Mulndal is just south of Gothenburg in Sweden on the west coast, and the name comes from uh, basically mills valley, oh. valley of mills. Cool. Yeah.
4: Nice. That sounds picturesque. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. Look at that little spot.
4: Oh, gorgeous.
0: Huh? Beautiful. But
5: thanks so much, Titus. Uh, and I'd, finally, for me, I'd love to thank from Coventry, Great Britain. I'd love to thank Poppy Freeman Quaden. Oh, I like the name Poppy. I like Poppy's the name Poppy great. too. It's cute. Poppy was on a short list of uh, of puppy names. If we got a puppy, got a girl.
0: Poppy's a little sloppy. <laughs> he never washed his hands. Great, great Poppy line. Well, it's probably not a great one for Poppy. Might not enjoy that one so much. But great Seinfeld line. Poppy's a little sloppy. Mm. Sh- I'm sure that act kneading that dirt.
4: Yeah, oh, I'm sure that actor's now on cameo, not washing his hands <laughs> yeah. and giving you a shout-out.
5: And Poppy. Is wearing stilettos. Oh, okay. While
4: jumping running castle. across oh, jumping castle, yes. <laughs> well, it's running a jumping castle. I was going to say so, running
5: across grass because that's a real pain in like, the ass. But run, jumping
4: castle. If you're running matter. a jumping castle, the kids can do whatever they like. You're not. They're like,
5: come on, Poppy. Yeah. You're
0: not coming in here after me.
5: Oh, my time's up. Oh, Force come and get me! me. Out, yeah, damn you, Kenneth. <laughs> and
0: she jumps on, knowing that she's gonna have to buy another jumping towel again to, to get that smug come, look off of yeah, little Darren's a little face. Yeah, get come up and <laughs> fuck, fuck you, Darren! Fuck Darren! Fuck Darren. Fuck Darren you. you dog!
4: <laughs> I would like to thank, uh, if I may, please, please, from uh, an undisclosed location, which I can only imagine is the fortress of the moles, mm-hmm. Ryan Wessner.
5: Ryan Wessner. Ryan
4: Wessner. <laughs> Thongs. Yep. Yes. Flip flops. Flip flops on his feet. Yes. And yeah. he's wearing them in Antarctica. Foolish behavior. Oh yeah. my God! He's going frostbite. to get
5: frostbite on his tootsies. Oh no! Not his little tootsies. Well, you got no tootsies now, oh Ryan. Oh my God! So like balancing.
0: Sorry, Ryan, but that's a real boneheaded move. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Ooh. did you pack, huh?
4: What were you
5: thinking? What were you thinking?
0: Did it, were you on a beach and someone said, hey, let's pop down to Antarctica? And you said, yeah, no worries. Yeah, he said,
4: it's
5: summer. I'm
0: in good the, to go. Summer in the Southern Hemisphere, right?
5: And no one, and you didn't stop to pack? You went straight from beach to airport? Come on, Come Ryan. on,
4: babe. You'd be even cold on the plane in flip-flops.
5: Ryan, do you sign up to the Patreon for us to scold you? Because if so,
0: (laughs) we delivered. Yeah, we did it for you there. Uh, I hope you have a great day here, Ryan. uh, You're you're a good guy. And wherever you're from in the land of the mole people, just wish you all the best. uh... Yeah. Well, it's warm down there, isn't it? Yeah. It's always warm. Closer to the core. It's always warm Not the demon core.
4: (laughs) So thanks so much, Ryan. You are a good man. We assume. I'd like to thank now from uh, Dundee in Great Britain is it Dundee.
0: Dundee, Dundee. yeah, in Scotland. Scotland.
4: Oh, of course. And uh, the, a beautiful name here, Hague Crookshank. Oh, that is great. Hague, H-A-G.
5: So wearing
4: right? wellies. Oh, okay. And what do you mean he's wearing wellies like, with holes in them?
0: Oh. And he's
4: going in all the puddles.
0: With a little. Uh, <laughs> so somewhere. dangerous. And uh, Billy Connolly did a little, uh, a wee, a wee jobby.
5: Yeah, in his wellie. A wee jobby.
0: <laughs> fun.
4: My parents definitely enjoyed calling poos jobbies. Yeah, Weed jobbies. jobbies. Is good. For that exact bit.
0: Uh, Josh Shell's family called them little boys. <laughs> <laughs> Do not drink the brown soup. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's so awful. I apologise, everyone. <laughs>
5: That's
4: fucked. <laughs> So on your hay, Crookshank, up in Dundee with your wellies with holes in them. You're a mad person. I would also like to thank, finally for me, from uh, Shirley in Great Britain, it's Jodie Thomas.
0: Jodie Thomas. Uh, Jodie Thomas is wearing uh, knee-high steel-capped Boots. I'm not, wow. I'm not sure why.
5: Yeah, they. Look not sure why terrible.
0: they go. They're really hard to. They're just hard. You can't. You can't really move your legs so well. But Jo's yeah.
4: protecting her, her toes, but also her shins. Yeah, yes. it's sort of like it's. I
0: guess it's sort of like medieval armor sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah,
4: right. But up top, it's just like you know, like a singlet. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I said steel toed, but it's all steel.
5: The yeah, point that's is, it's like.
0: Shoes. It's steel, this, that, I mean, I wasn't lying when I said steel toed. Right. But also, the rest is also the rest. Still. That was implied. But yeah,
5: she's wearing those while participating in Ninja Warrior. Yeah. And they are really slowing her <laughs> down. She's like,
0: <laughs> come from a medieval fair. Yeah.
5: <laughs> she did not have time to change into it. But she sneakers. Lo- loves a challenge. She loves a challenge and she looks
4: good in them. They yeah. look great. And she's known as, like, you know, the knight or something. Yeah. Yeah. With a K. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: there's no switch there. Or
4: Deadly Nightshade or something like that, you know? Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So there is a switch.
4: <laughs> It's a double switch, meaning the switch is rendered useless.
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, so thank you so much to uh, Jody there from Shirley. I believe that's uh, all our patrons. Yeah.
0: can't believe we did it, but we did. So thanks to everyone. That's Jody, Haig, Ryan, Poppy, Titus, Tom, Kieran, Chris, and Keir. So many great names. I can't believe how they keep delivering. Oh, it is is it like the o- only think. people with great names are allowed in? Is there a rule or something? I think so, yeah. We're kind of... We should open it up to everyone. Yeah,
5: let in the Johns know. and really the Waynes. We are bad
4: business people.
0: <laughs> and the John Waynes. And the
5: John Waynes. Wow. And the Wayne Johns. Wayne Johns. Wayne <laughs> the Rock Johnson. <laughs> let him in, I Wayne say. Wayne the Rock
0: Johnson. <laughs> Where do you put the D again? <laughs> Excuse me? a uh, little play there. Um, <laughs> so that brings us to the end of the episode almost. No, it doesn't, because we have to do oh, yes. the trip ditch. Let's have a look. Who is welcome to the trip ditch club? The way this works is if you're uh, signed up on the shout-out level for three years straight, you get a shout-out once and then again when you hit <laughs> three years... You get in, inducted into the Trippage Club. I'm losing it.
1: You
4: get it
0: once. I'm hold it. losing nearly, it. Nearly done for the year. Come on, hold it. <laughs> um, Come on. Um, I Now, the way this works is I'm standing at the door. I've got the, I've got the guest list. I've got the velvet rope. I'm going to lift it. I'm going to welcome you in. Then Dave will hype you up. He's your hype man. Jess is Dave's hype man. Mm-hmm. So Jess will hype Dave's hype. Yes. But once you're in, Jess has also provided some uh, hors d'oeuvres. Some cocktails. What do we got? Well,
5: you best believe we've got little boys.
0: Little boys. Oh yeah. And surely we've got the <laughs> a cocktail called Tickle the Dragon's cocktail. <laughs>
5: yes, we do. <laughs> and we also have another cocktail called the Pink Soup. Oh, yeah. Oh, delicious! And it's vodka and, uh, and pink <laughs> and pink
0: and little boy juice juice.
4: It's gross.
0: The hot dog flavored water. <laughs> Fred Durst would love it. Oh yeah. And, Dave, you've booked a band, have you? Certainly have. Um, Small and
4: humble. It's Shakira. Whoa. Yes. Shaking it, you
0: know. She had that song from la, Zootopia. La, 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 la. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good
1: song. That was a good impression. Thank you. It again, one, bad, more time, one more time, one time. No, I'm not doing no, it no, Now on. I'm shy. Now I'm shining a light on it. That was <laughs> no, so good. Now I'm
0: shy. That was so good. <laughs> All right, so there are two inductees this week into the Triptage Club.
5: All right, Dave, you can do this.
0: Two? Two. Two. Okay. Firstly, I'd love to welcome into the club from Uritsfield in Austria. It is Thomas Hinterreger.
4: Oh, things just got interesting around
1: here. Yes. Yes.
0: And I'd also love to welcome in from Bloomington in Indiana in the United States, Andrew Frank.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can I deal
0: with that? Yeah. F R A N C Z Y K.
4: Let me just say things just got frantic? Bl- frantic. Ooh, things just got a little frantic. Or alternatively, See my if pantsick. that's.
0: Yes,
4: that's <laughs> great. Or alternatively, if we're saying that wrong. I uh, think just got a little Bloomington. No, I've lost it. I can't yeah. remember what I was going to say there. Okay. <laughs> where, was, where were they from again? Bloomington, Indiana. I was going to. What's I was going to do a pun on Bloomington. <laughs> I was going to say things just got blooming interestingly around here. <laughs> yes. That's the backup. Yeah. Woo! Okay. In case okay. we've said the name wrong. So sorry. But- Welcome in. Fantastic
0: work. Enjoy uh, Shakira while you're sipping on a little uh, pink boy or whatever that thing was we said before. Oh, we can't
5: that call it a pink boy.
0: No, what is it? Little boy. Little boy. Little boy. Pink. Pink soup pink and soup. tickling the dragon's cocktail. <laughs> okay, so that brings us the end of the episode. Uh, if you want to find us, where do go on across all social media? Do go on Pod. Even That's more. That's right. Accurately. at do
4: go on Pod and tell you what. This is the last episode of the year, but things never stop here at Do Go On HQ because mm. we will be back bigger, badder, better than ever. In 2021, next week. Yes, we will. We never take a
5: break. That's right. Much to our own detriment. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We are tired. You are killing us.
4: (laughs) But you love content, so. You love the content. You love it. And we love Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much for another year of Do Go On. We appreciate you uh, supporting the show and you can do so by telling a friend about it, posting on social media, giving us a review or heading to Patreon and, uh, chucking in a couple of shekels uh, in exchange for bonus episodes, voting privileges, all sorts of things. Mm. That's at patreon.com slash do go on pod. But until next year, let me say thank you so much for listening. And until then, goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.
5: Sucker fuck 2020. Whoa. <laughs> Too far? Nah, just enough. <laughs>
4: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network.
5: Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates.
4: I mean, if you want. It's, it's up to you.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm.